Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Outside Perspective with me, Adam. All right. <coughs> Adam, you hear that squeak? Sorry, guys, my voice killing me, and I'm recording all of these intros, so you'll hear it on multiple episodes. Sorry. Um, anyway, so before I get to my guests, a uh, couple housekeeping things. Uh, really appreciate it. Let's, uh, if you uh, are enjoying the podcast, share this, tell your friends, let's help grow this. Um, leave a five-star review, subscribe. I appreciate everything. Um, again, if you are an artist, a uh, band, you have friends that are artists and, uh, you know, you sing, you rap, I don't care. Um, uh, you're in a band, send me your music. I would love to feature it on the, uh, on the outro, you know, so we can share it. Uh, so send those to me at Adam at imposedwill.com A-D-A-M at I-M-P-O-S-E-D W-I-L-L dot com Alright, so to my guests on this episode I have Dr. James Spencer and before I get into his bio because it's impressive and he is a wealth of knowledge I would first like to say you have to seize every opportunity in life so I feel like I did do that with this episode and um, I say that because I met Dr. Spencer at a recent uh, two-day workshop that we both attended at the Onnit Academy in Austin, Texas. It was for the Steel Clubs. Uh, they host a slew of unconventional training modality workshops, and they're all fantastic. But this is the first one I've attended. He's attended several in the past. And uh, we met at this recent one. Now, at the time, I didn't actually know he uh, was. I didn't. I didn't know he was a doctor. I didn't know uh, just kind of the uh, the wealth of knowledge that he had. I knew that we had. Uh, we did agree. Uh, we had similar philosophies, and um, I, I knew he was a very smart guy. I could tell that just by talking to him. But. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of one of these things where um, it's, I think you guys would really enjoy this conversation. Uh, however, from a, a critical, I don't know, man, maybe you guys don't give a fuck, but I'm always critiquing myself and just trying to improve. I want to bring you guys a, a better podcast. And uh, this is kind of one of those things I was definitely ill-prepared. I don't necessarily make formal questions or anything like that, uh, but I do have – usually an idea of what I want to talk about with somebody and I've thought through kind of uh, some opening things that we can kind of you know touch on and, and see where the conversation goes but we just did this on the fly we were at lunch or on lunch or I don't know so we we're sitting outside uh, during lunch and uh, I was like fuck man let's podcast like he was just saying a lot of cool shit it was very interesting and I wanted to share it so let me read you his uh, his bio uh, because I just think it's fucking fascinating. So uh, Dr. Spencer is based in South Florida. He is a sports performance chiropractor, certified athletic trainer, and fellow of the International Academy of Medical Acupuncture. Uh, Acupuncture. He has formal training in active release techniques, grasping technique, uh, kinetochore functional dry needling, spider tech kinesiology tape, rock tape fascial movement taping, Postural Restoration Institute, Y-Balance Test, FMS, SFMA, Mike Boyle Certified Functional Strength Coach, and the Ana Academy of Unconventional Training. So I will have all his link in the show notes, uh, but I really enjoy talking to him, and I think you will enjoy listening. So here we go, guys. 
James Spencer. And now we're going. All right, awesome, dude. So we are in Austin, Texas right now. We are at the On It gym, and we are taking the Steel Club certification. Yes, sir. How are you doing today, dude? Hey, doing well. Excited for uh, you know the rest of the day and tomorrow. Yeah, so um, for the folks listening, we are on a lunch break. We're sitting outside. It's beautiful here in Austin today. And uh, we've just been soaking up just a ton of knowledge on the Steel Club. And uh, it's been awesome. It's been great. But uh, first, let's let's back up just for half a second for the listeners. Dude, let's talk about you for a little bit. Sure. Um, you're, we're sitting here talking, and you're doing just so many great things just kind of in the just the, the space of just like uh, just health and wellness and just training. Um, let's give some folks some background on you, though. Sure. So uh, background is I'm a sports chiropractor, athletic trainer. Um, one thing that's unique is that I do dry needling, which is... Uh, What's that? Dry needling is different than acupuncture in the sense that, uh, think of this as um, we're trying to treat pain, trigger points, um, muscular dysfunction, range of motion issues. This has nothing to do with meridians, energy points, um, points on the body. Um, if you look at the average depth of an acupuncture needle, it's three quarters of an inch. Mm-hmm. Some needles that I have at my office are five, six inches. Oh, shit. So depth of penetration is way different. So how does that, so when you go that deep, um, like, are you not afraid of, like, hitting the wrong thing? Or sure, I sure. guess I don't have a lot of understanding yeah, of that. Yes. So for, <laughs> for, fortunately, I've had a lot of anatomy and physiology training. Um, landmarks help, but you do have to know your anatomy. Yeah. Yeah. So what So what does that do? So, we, I mean, we kind of have an understanding of, like, acupuncture. I mean, you're just hitting certain points, pressure points. Is, is that, like, relieving... Correct. Help me understand this. Yep. So What's dr- that doing? So, so think, think of dry needling like uh, the best way that I envision it is it's a balloon and we need to pop it. Okay. And once that tension or energy is released, now we're going to get better ranges of motion. Mm-hmm. We're going to get better conversations with the brain. And now that tissue is able to adapt a little bit better. Okay. Cool. So how long have you been doing that? Um, I got certified in acupuncture in 2013, and then I followed up with uh, a few dry needling courses in 2013 as well. Okay, nice, nice. So we were speaking earlier a little bit, and um, you're letting me know. So you you consult um, with several professional teams, right? So Correct. Baseball, we were talking about, um, and then, but I guess you're primary area is fucking working with equestrian teams yeah right so let's talk about that a little bit man so how are you using are you so you're using these modalities and these um i guess is modality is probably not the right word for that is that the right word for for dry needling is that so you're using this modality with these sports teams like what's have you seen just huge improvements with these teams or like yeah since i was involved with dry needling it was very early on i worked in houston um, and my boss was on staff of the Texans. Okay. And he was their major dry needling guy. So through that, I saw a lot of physical change early on before I was even certified. Okay. okay. And then once I was certified, I took that and kind of took it to a new level. Is this is this something we're seeing a lot of teams doing? Oh yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh man. So I guess a lot of these teams they're just they're just always looking for that that next thing. That one percent, baby. Yeah, that one percent that we're talking about. That's fucking awesome, dude. That's cool. So um, I want I want the because. I've had the opportunity to sit here and talk to you quite a bit while sure. we're not recording and learn a little bit about you. So I just want to share with the folks um, more of like what you're doing. So you've been in the industry for a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just 
talk about, I guess, your company yep. and, and what you're doing with that. Sure. So uh, my company is the Bearded Kettlebell, which is, uh, you know, that's something that's uh, I had to de- dive deep into who I was and, and really what attracted me to the industry and what I wanted to spread throughout the industry. Um, and I grew up skateboarding and I loved all the skateboarding shirts and uh, the logos and everything about it. Yeah. And so I, I actually hand drew my logo. And I gave it to a friend of mine who brought it to real life. Nice. And from that, the bearded kettlebell is something that, and truthfully, I haven't even talked about this. People just think I have a beard, and that's what it is, right? Yeah. And I throw kettlebells around. But the reality is my my goal of the bearded kettlebell is to raise awareness Mm -hmm. for prostate and and prostate cancer awareness. Oh, that's cool. So um, just like breast cancer awareness did for October, November, right? Right. That was more of the, hey, beards and mustaches, baby. Right. So um, I, I said, all right, what's an easy way for me to raise awareness, increase awareness of prostate cancer, um, or just cancer in general, and have fun with it? Yeah. So that's how I came up with the bearded kettlebell. And uh, a proceed of every patient that I see goes to some sort of cancer research or foundation. Wow, that's super cool. How long, so how long have, have you been doing this? Like, when did you, when was the inception of your company? So I started, uh, I want to say like 2014 is when I, I really started uh, laying the foundation of my company and branching myself off as an individual um, practitioner and strength coach. Okay. And since then, it's kind of proliferated. I started doing more magazine writing, more blog writing. And fortunately, through the grace of God, a lot of things have really evolved. Yeah, so 2014, I mean, we're four short years later. Yep. And uh, here you are, you're working with with high-profile professional teams like sure. the, like the who, sure. else, who else are you working with can you share all that information I don't know what what the yeah so privacy s- so I can't really give you names or, or athletes I'm working with a few different organizations as far as grabbing that 1% right yeah. whether it's for the actual organization or for an, one individual athlete um, and that's kind of the market that I've created on top of the equestrian stuff that we were talking about. Yeah. 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 So, so you found yourself, um, are you mostly working with baseball teams and equestrian teams? Are you, are you venturing out into others like professional sports arenas and working with those athletes, football, hockey, basketball, anything? I do see those individual athletes, Mm -hmm. but not working for a professional team in that realm. Okay. Yep. Now for, uh, for polo, I, I do work for one professional polo team. And like like we were just talking about. Yeah, let's dive into that. Yeah. Dude. Let's talk about that. So you're based in Florida, right? Correct. So let's tell the folks about where you're where you're at and what's going on down there. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm out of South Florida, um, particularly West Palm Beach, and then even more particular Wellington, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Wellington, Florida is the equestrian capital of the world. Yeah, which is I had no idea. Right. That's such a cool thing to find out. So it's pretty neat. Um, I would say pretty much December through April mm-hmm. um, is full blown equestrian for me. I don't have a lot of time to, to delve into other things at that point because we'll have polo matches three, four times a week, and that's not even on top of practice or training. Okay, okay. So um, with the polo, um, I want to just really dive into, like, how you got into that. So let's – I mean, you were telling me a little bit about it. Yeah. So let's let's tell the folks about it. Let's unpack that. So um, I had a few clients that had come to me just based upon where my location was with my office, and – you know, fortunately, one day I was sitting down watching 60-minute sports, and the last 15 minutes of that uh, episode was, was about show jumping and, and equestrian polar performance in Wellington. 
Um, and from that point on, I really decided I need to create this niche. Not too many strength coaches, not too many medical practitioners are helping these people. And I would like to kind of lead the way. Yeah. So I, I delved into that and I bought a lot of biomechanics books for equestrian riders in polo. And, uh, and that's one thing that I just really started to eat up. I wanted to figure out how can we make the best polo athlete or the best equestrian athlete out there. And the one thing that I realized is what's unique about the equestrian market is it doesn't matter if you're male or female, you compete against each other. Oh, really? So that's pretty, pretty unique. And not only that, some of the best show jumpers are 65 years old. Oh, shit. So there's longevity in this sport. Yeah, there's not too many sports like that to no. where you can steadily do it as you're, you know, you're going into advanced age. Correct. And you can continue to compete. And get paid. Yeah, and get paid. Um, I do jujitsu, and I tell people I'm going to do it until I die. Love it. Um, it's like one of those sports that you can kind of tweak it and, and adjust the way that you compete as you kind of, you know, as you do it during advanced age and you start, you know, your body changes and you're not able to do certain things. Um, but there's not there's not a ton of sports that you can be active and competitive at a high level Correct. as you start entering advanced age. So what kind of things are you are you working with your athletes on like that are older? Yep. So that way they can compete at that level. Just sticking to the basics, as we've learned this morning, you know, longevity and performance. This is the most important aspect. Um, it's not about this quick acute change. We need to lay the foundation and the education to let them know this is for long term benefit. Yeah. And long-term success. So a lot of it is laying the foundation. Yeah, that's huge. Yep. Just letting them know, set that standard, let them know kind of, I don't know. Yeah, well, listen, it's like laying the there. foundation, and then we need to build that structure around it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if there is no foundation or there's no even education of their foundation, right? something's going to crumble. Right. Right, and that could be an injury. Mm -hmm. uh, that could be, hey, maybe fall off the horse. Right. <sighs> yeah, that's a long fall. Yeah, those 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 athletes are something else. And um, as we were talking, I never really even thought about the world of uh, just equestrian riders or polo players, and just the sheer just like core strength that you have to have and coordination and just all the athleticism that's involved with that. Correct. Well, it's I mean, like you said, I, I don't admit this often, but I was a, a rider early on in my life too. <laughs> and you know, what was unique was just how, how to stay on a dynamic object while hitting, you know, a very small ball. Yeah. And, and the core strength that's required for that as well as momentum. And, and what's crazy is not even that. It's holding on to the horse as it's hauling ass down the field. Yeah, that's, that's just riding a galloping horse alone is a challenge. Correct. And then um, I guess once you start adding in everything else um, – I always, I said earlier, I, I think about the fucking, like, the old samurais. Dude, they're riding horses, no <laughs> hands, bow and arrow, killing folks. Like, it's insane. Like, once you, it's once you actually take the time to, like, think about all the mechanics involved and, like, what is actually happening, it's incredibly impressive, dude. Very, very. And, and it's interesting. I was reading a research article on uh, weight training and polo athletes, right? And this was in the U.K., and what they talked about was that it was statistically no polo player considered themselves to have a moderate workout throughout the week. And I don't know what their definition of moderate workout was, but if yeah. they're not even going into moderate workouts, 
well, shit, they're not getting pushed. Right. There's no strength training going on there. Zero. Right? So that's where I said, well, let's figure out how to create some of these systems and go, hey, let's let's lay the foundation for the polo teams. Yeah. Let's educate these guys. And it's difficult because there's a lot of cultural diversities in this. Some guys are from Argentina, right? Mm -hmm. Some guys are from the States. Others are from the UK. So there's also different uh, different thought processes in a nutrition, strength, you know, strength training. Um, do I even want to warm up? You know, are we eating fruit or anything during the workouts? Mm -hmm. Like one thing that stuck out to me was these guys were eating Cape Cod chips during the middle of a Wednesday, 12 o'clock in South Florida. What's that? Cape Cod chips. I don't know what that is. Oh man, they're the best. Really? Yeah. So they're essentially the, it's it's very salty chips. Okay. And it's based off of an old like Argentinian principle that the salt would help you stay hydrated. Huh. Have you read that book, The Salt Fix? I have not. I can't think of who it's by right now, but um, it's a really good book. Essentially, what the guy was just talking about um, is how a lot of people think that salt, like too much salt, is really bad for you, but that's not the case. Um, he talked some about um, just like our evolution, like how we've developed evolutionary and how you can tell like we're meant like we need the salts and um i'm not doing the book fucking justice no, right you're now. good you're good i'm not doing it justice i feel like i do a lot of uh i i love reading but as of late i've been doing a lot of like audible books yep and i feel like i gotta like listen to an audible book like two twice. or three yeah at least twice to be able to like i start talking to people about it and i just quickly realize oh fuck like i didn't get <laughs> you comprehend that better i didn't comprehend <laughs> it as well as i thought like i got a good i got a good grasp on it but not a good enough grasp to explain it well enough sure sure fucked, just fucked up that whole moment for you dude. <laughs> it's all good <laughs> but that was you know things like that we had to just create hmm. awareness for some of these athletes yeah you know especially when you are training a few days a week and you know, going and, and competing in matches at, at a very high level. Yeah. So you, you essentially, you saw a market and there was nobody really in that space. And you've essentially, you've, you've become the expert. Correct. On how to train and, and perform um, in that space. Correct. How yep. did you do that? You know, it's, it's, fortunately, I've been given a few opportunities where whether it was a, an athlete that had come in or heard of me and I brought them results and then, you know, like wildfire, it spread. Um, the key for a lot of this is just educating. Mm -hmm. I had to educate the owner. I had to educate the team. And then, hey, this is what we're going to be doing moving forward. Make sure everybody's on the same page. And, of course, there's always some pushback with that. Yeah. But um, I think the results speak for themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. This, year, this year we had a very good year. I think one of the most impressive things is that you, you didn't ask for permission you you uh you found out that where you lived is like the mecca of that sport and then you learned everything that you could about it and then you just started sharing that information yep. there's no permission needed you just started doing and as a result four years later like you have built a company and you consult and you and most importantly like you own your own time correct which is what we were talking about well and i think you have to value that i think for very early on in my career, I gave a lot of my time up, which was fine. You have to, yeah. right? You got to get that experience, but then you need to strategically choose your time. Yeah. Don't just give it up freely, right? Yeah. And, and now that I have a family and a, and a son, it's also now it's my family's time. Right. Right. So those are things that I've got to consider too. Is it worth that? 
Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely want to uh, to guard your time and just not waste it. Correct. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's this great quote that I heard, um, like in the beginning of a career, it's do more than you're paid for, so eventually you'll get paid for more than you do. I like that. Yeah, I thought that was a, uh, it's just like, you know, providing the value up front, and then it all comes back tenfold later on. Correct. Yeah, that's awesome. So what's, um, what's, what's next for, I guess, where you're, you're going with, with what you're doing yes yeah, so really yeah no no so next <laughs> next step for me I've yeah. got, i do have a few things um on the forefront i'm working on a, a patented piece of equipment right now that hopefully will be out by next year um that's something that me and i can say my team are very excited about yeah to release and see kind of what it becomes um and then also i just hired a social media guy okay yeah to do that piece of it yeah he's my best friend he's the one that created my logo on my website nice. so um you know fortunately there's a team aspect there and a family aspect and those are people that i want to share my time with mm -hmm. you know and uh create something special together yeah that's the most important part dude building the team you can't do it alone again i've got quotes for days but uh say if you want to go far or if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go far go go together I go like with the that. team um, so you're just building your team right now and, yep. and just looking to take over the world. <laughs> you, like we said earlier, pinky in the brain, baby. Dude, pinky <laughs> in the brain. I fucking, I quote that all the time. Like, what are we going to do tonight, pinky? Well, <laughs> or brain. Same thing we do every night, pinky. Try to take over the world. That's man. it, man. Try to take over the world. Cool, man. So I don't think we have what, we don't have too much time. How long have we been going? I can't see. a quick one we'll keep talking though that's all good yeah we'll keep talking um i want more background on you sure what so obviously you went to school you got your you got some degrees but as far as i feel like in this space um coming to these certification classes just continuing education it's so big um like what other kind of things have you been doing as far as to I guess to just further your knowledge, um, like myself, I um, I'm doing the Steel Club here on it, and then I'm gonna come back in November and do the Steel Mace. Are you did you, are you doing that one too? Uh, no, no. I'm not doing the steel so mace. Steel Mace would be in November, but then like I'm just always just like studying and learning, constantly listening to podcasts. A um, couple other like certifications that I got were like health coach and then sure. like corrective exercise specialist just to get the knowledge sure like they all sound nice i guess like what what all have you i guess like areas have you been studying so we got the dry needling yep yeah so uh i have a lot of certifications <laughs> and people joke when they come into my office that you just see a wall of certifications yeah um but to be truthful i'm very proud of them i think it's been a lot of time and money and energy invested in them yeah and that's something that you create and make your craft, right? Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of my background is active release technique or ART. Okay. Um, as well as Graston. What's that? So these are modalities that are used to, whether it's, again, pain, mm -hmm. increased range of motion, movement dysfunctions. Um, that's what we're addressing with that. Dry, dry needling, same thing, right? Okay. Now with Graston, and this is, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. I, I believe Graston was started from Gua Sha. What's that? All right. Gua Sha is an old Chinese medicine. Okay. Where they would take a, I think it was like an elephant tusk, and essentially scrape the shit out of the skin. Because hmm. their belief was stagnant blood in that area caused disease. Okay. So if they could pull the blood to the surface, it would recycle and reheal the area. Oh. Right. 
So um, Graston takes a very similar approach where it's a uh, stainless steel instrument with a beveled edge. Okay. And it's just used to, to either break up the tissue or allow better range of motion. Um, post-surgical scars, it's phenomenal to get that scar tissue to break up. Um, so that's really the, these modalities that I've explored early on in my career. And then I started getting into more movement-based things. Okay. Um, like, uh, huge fan of animal flow. Yeah. I, um, have you taken one of their courses? I have not. But ironically, Mike Fitch was a patient of mine. Nice. Is so. he? He's the. He started it. He's the guy. He's the guy. Fuck, man. I um. They do a lot of courses in Florida. Yep. Yeah. They um. They do a lot. Mike used to be based out of Miami. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I would definitely like to check out one of their courses and uh, and see what it's all about. Um, I wrestled in high school and a little uh, bit yeah. in college. So, like, a lot of that – you wrestle too? No, but you're doing a lot of the same movements as Animal Flow. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say, yeah. a lot of those movements are – they just they just remind me of wrestling. Yep. And they tie in well to jiu-jitsu. And um, to me, like, I see some they're doing, I'm like, oh, dude, they're just doing, like, sit-throughs and, like, hip hikes and stuff. Right. <laughs> I'm just like, they got all these cool names for them. I'm like, that's just a fucking hip hike. Yep. I don't know what they're doing. Now, <laughs> something interestingly enough, I just heard Mike on a podcast – I don't recall where it was, probably two weeks ago, and they did a six-week um, study, research study, that ground contact of hands and feet increased cognition. Really? So that's pretty damn cool, and, and it yeah. was a six-week study. Yeah, that's super cool. Right, so if we can increase cognition just by getting on the ground and moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just building our relationship to the ground, you can improve your cognitive ability. I mean, anything to improve the brain. Interconnection. Yeah, it's all so huge. Um, I'm always constantly looking for ways to improve the brain. And um, kind of just, I've been kind of diving into some of the literature as of late. And a couple of the things that have just blown my mind that I didn't know about was like creatine mm -hmm. can help with the brain and help um, protect the brain. I didn't know that. And, th and there was a study from, I think, like 93. Like, this is something that has been studied and we've known about for a really long time, but you don't ever hear anybody talk about creatine and, like, the neuroprotective properties of that. Correct. Or, like, um, one that's getting a lot of um, media time now is lion's mane mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So just mushrooms in general. I mean, you take cordyceps or reishi, like, they're all good for the brain, too. Correct. There's just so many things that you can do to just improve your cognitive ability blows me uh, away. Well, you look at the, some of the neurotropics and stuff like that as well on top of some of this stuff. I, I think what we're doing is, is we're evolving to make smarter human beings. Yeah. Whether it's better connection or better input, all of these formulas are going to help us, mm -hmm. right? And I think at, at the end of the day, it comes down to, to self-exploration. Yeah. What works best for you, right? And if you don't know that, you can't suggest it for anybody else. Yeah. Right? And that's kind of the whole Gandhi approach that I try and take is I don't suggest anything I've never done. Right. Whether it's an exercise, a supplement, or it don't matter. Right. And that's where I think that we have to get, we have to evolve from that. But you can't give this information out unless you've tried it first. Yeah, I agree. Um, things work great in theory. And, but once you start putting, putting them into practice, maybe it's not the case. And if you haven't done it yourself and you don't have any experience, I mean, how are you going to guide somebody if, if, you don't, if you've never done it? Well, that, that being said, so dry needling, I dry, dry needle myself all the time. Yeah. So I know how to communicate with a patient when they panic or they feel something that they perceive as a threat. Yeah. I talk them through it and go, no, 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 I felt that as well. And, and I educate them, hey, you should be feeling this. Mm-hmm. 
And when they can feel that, then they instantly calm down and they go, okay, I'm going to trust this guy a little bit more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So not only does the modality work better then, but if I didn't experience that myself, how could I communicate that with my patient? Right. Yeah. There's no way you could communicate that from a place of understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we were, I just had this, this thought, we were talking about, um, about cognitive ability and whatnot. Is, is there an issue with like CTE or TBI in the equestrian world? I mean, is that anything that you're, you're aware of or anything like that? I was just kind of thinking about it because <laughs> like the up and down and just the constant banging. That's a very good question on the CTE and the TBI. I have had a lot of patients fall. Yeah. Which or, it's or like falling, hitting your head. It's very, 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 very common. If I don't have a rider fall at least once a season, I'm very surprised. Really? Yeah. Now, that being said, like, yeah, we got to take the r- proper precautions, make sure we're doing, you know, concussion testing and whatnot. Um, but the, at the end of the day, I, I want to make sure that the helmets that these athletes are wearing are unique. Yeah. Right? Because it's got to be like a football helmet. They may not go head-to-head with somebody, but when they fall off that horse at, you know, 12, 13 feet in the air. Yeah. That's going to hurt. That's a significant fall. Right? Especially if the horse rolls up on them. And and that's unfortunately very common. When they get spooked sometimes, mm. I've had a few few uh, athletes where they've gotten rolled up on by the horse and it's either fracture of their leg or, you know, AC separation, rib fracture, whatever it may be. Yeah, that's a large animal just to be toppling over a human being. We're not built to be fucking no. <laughs> ran no. over by a, a horse. No, not, not at, you know, 1,300, 1,400 pounds. Yeah, yeah, and I imagine that the horses that, that – that these athletes and teams have are are by far just they're extremely powerful they're thoroughbred i mean they're just they're not like a carnival horse that the kids are riding Nah, most of them are coming from argentina for the polo horses um and and most polo athletes have anywhere from three to like 15 horses really yep because it's like hockey where you're constantly interchanging during play and 80% of the sport of polo is the horse. Because if you have a faster horse, you're going to be more successful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when you're working with these teams, um, are they traveling a lot? Are, are you on the road with them a lot? Like, what what's your time split like? I mean... So, yeah, it's seasonal for them. So most of them come to Wellington from December until April, and then they'll either go back to Argentina. Um, some will go out to Santa Barbara out in California and and still continue to compete and play in that realm okay um like this year we had the Queen's Cup over in the UK um so that was something pretty neat I didn't get to travel with that but a lot of these teams or individual guys will go elsewhere and still compete okay yeah okay man that's just such a fascinating world man just all of that um and listen, I, I mean, like, I would like to even say, I'm not an expert yet. I'm still learning at this stuff, right? Yeah. Although I've done a lot of research and reading and, and work, I still have a lot of learning to do, you know. And that's one thing that I'll humble down and say, like, I learn a lot from my athletes. Their feedbacks of whether holding a mallet in a certain position or mm-hmm. swinging a mallet in a certain position, if they've got a longer lever arm, like, that changes a lot of the dynamics. Right. So um, a lot of the steel club stuff we're doing this weekend is going to be a direct carryover for my polo athletes. Yeah. Um, there's actually, we had two good articles, magazine articles written this year on us, and one of them 
the the main picture was us doing steel club stuff for warm-ups nice so you can see the carryover it doesn't matter if it's baseball football polo this stuff is applicable to everybody it really is you know yeah i'm always just shocked how little people know about this and that's why we're here man we're excited to learn more and spread the word yeah this is why we're here man um this is all good stuff uh so let's tell the folks how they can get a hold of you because i feel like um you got a lot of things going on um, with your own company um your own personal things what what's the best way for people to get a hold of you yeah i think uh, honestly my instagram is probably the 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 best way to, to reach out to me and from there you can either go to my website or contact me directly um it's dr james spencer so pretty easy dr james spencer dr james spencer and your company are you as your so you just hired someone social yep. to run your social for your company are yep. you guys up and running on are you got you have a presence right now is can people yeah 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 so yep so so go to uh www.drjamesspencer.com okay that's where you can get a lot of information on me and then uh social media on instagram you'll start to see that blowing up nice nice cool man hey dude I know this was a quick one. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's a pleasure, bro. And, uh, and talking to me during our lunch break here. So awesome, dude. Thanks, thanks again. And, uh, folks, we will uh, catch you next time. Cheers. Peace. All right. Uh, it was a quick one, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Um, but, uh, hey, I really enjoyed uh, just getting to know Dr. Spencer, and uh, we uh, – Got to spend more time over the weekend and get to know each other even better. Uh, definitely want to have him back on the podcast so uh, we can dive deeper into stuff. But at least we got a good taste, right? At least we got a good taste. So you got to start somewhere. So, all right, guys, uh, before I go, I would be remiss if I didn't remind you that my good friends over at Jumbo Superfoods make amazing CBD products like their Extra Strength Muscle Balm, which is amazing. And I love using it for my hands after jujitsu. Um, go check them out. I have the link in the notes. Appreciate it, guys. Moving on. The song today was sent to me by The Natural, spelled with two L's. Uh, you can check him out. He just released a, uh, looks like he just released a new album on iTunes. I'm sure you can get it anywhere else you get your music called All Natural, again, with two L's. And the song I will be playing for you today is called On My Grind, featuring Bonafide and the Council 360.
on the phones. Break it, pick it, fake it, take it on the dome. There's a spike in the road and I'm swerving. I'm doing better before, man, I'm learning. And they still wanna talk shit, but I'm in the game. I'm doing this all on my own, I'm just in my lane. I grew up real, you don't know about my pain. I'm so close to losing it, man, it's in my brain. I'm going insane, man, get on my level. All these other rappers mumbling, it's I'm on the devil. I can do it on my own, man, it's all on my mind. I can do it on my own, I've been on my grind. I've been on my shit, I ain't wasting time. After this shit drops, I'll be on my grind. On my grind every second of the day, all year. I barely even sleep, I ain't got no fears. Yeah, I'm about to be the best, man, you just gotta wait I have a lot of shit that's on my plate I'm trying to save my family, so I'll be all alone I'm always in my grind, man, I'm always in my zone I'm not in school no more, I don't need that shit I don't trust nobody, I don't need no friends I could do this on my own, wait till I get these stacks I'm always on my grind, y'all can tell by these tracks In the road, and I ain't tryna pay a toll. I'm just tryna make a roll. I'm just tryna twist the blow. I'm just here to let you know. You ain't even gotta listen, but I bet you wanna know it. I ain't messing with nobody, cause niggas can get annoying. Tryna get this paper, you motherfuckers ain't know it. If you see me in the streets, don't worry about where I'm going. Getting back to my grind. You niggas is wasting time. You really hide in your mind. You're sitting there living lies. Try to tell them suicide is a suicide. Yeah. Either way, nigga, you would die. Yeah. On my grind, gotta do a lie. Yeah. A lot of shit, I can do it die. But this rap shit is like do or die. Niggas flexing like they ballin', but they really not. I can be more than rights. I can be more than fights.